to give mothers stuff. It's something when you celebrate your mother and like you can give her joy, give her presents. It's celebrating your mother uh, for who they really are and thanking them. I celebrate her. Mother's Day, it's all about your mother and how much you appreciate her. Tell your mother how much you care about her and you just express your feelings and you actually say, it doesn't have to be a gift or a present, it just has to be to show how much you love her. Mother's Day is a day where you get to appreciate things that your mom, mom has done for you. A day where you get your mom gifts? Uh, it's a day to celebrate our mothers and everything they've done for us. She, she lets me do a lot of fun stuff, and she makes food for us. She's nice, and she's caring. That she can give you joy. Having fun with her. Um, of how nice and loving she is. And if I would ask something, she would help me figure it out instead of telling me the answer. She plays with me on the trampoline. Probably how much she loves us and does for us, because, like, Nothing would happen without her. She's loving and kind and sweet. Happy Mother's Day. 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 Happy Mother's Day, Mom. Happy Mother's Day, Mom. And uh, he's why we do what we do. In fact, we like to say it this way, that Jesus is our message. And so every single Sunday, uh, our aim uh, is to make a big deal about Jesus. And I'm uh, so thankful uh, for him and what he's done uh, in our lives and what he's doing. And uh, excited today. And if you're new here, welcome. So excited uh, that you're here. And I think you're in for a treat. Come back next week. I'll say the same thing. Um, but it's really true this week because we get tag team together. Oh, that was like a cue? Oh, oh sorry. <laughs> Again, happy Mother's Day to every mom here. We appreciate you. We celebrate you. And thank you for everything that you do day in and day out. Yes. And uh, again, once again, moms, we're so appreciative of you. And uh, we celebrate you. Well, church, I'm ready to jump into a word. Y'all ready? Yes. Let's do it. Um, we're going to be coming from Philippians chapter 2. Uh, verse verses one through four. Typically here uh, at the Becoming, we speak in uh, what we call collections. But today, it's kind of a standalone conversation. And uh, so uh, to help us lead us off in that conversation, we're going to be coming from Philippians 2, 1 through 4. Uh, so you can flip with us there, scroll with us there. Or if you forgot to charge your phone um, last night, uh, you can view right here on the screen. <laughs> but as we read, would you stand uh, with us as we read to honor the Word of God, and that's Philippians chapter 2, verse 1, verses 1 through 4. Look, I was telling y'all to get there, and I hadn't got there yet. All the pressure. Here we go. <laughs> Philippians 2, 1 through 4. It says this, Therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from His love, if any common sharing in the spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, 
Then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and one of mine. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves. And then here's verse 4. Not looking to your own interests, but to each of you, to the interests of others. Come on, will you pray with us this morning? Father, we're grateful, we're thankful for this moment and the space that we share. God, thank you for this day. As we, set it, as we have set aside time to honor moms, God, we thank you for all the moms represented here in this room. Lord, we just pray for these next few moments, God, that you speak to us. Lord, we need, we need to hear from you. And uh, God, we just pray that you open up our eyes, allow us to see what it is that you're showing us. Allow us to hear, open up our ears, allow us to hear what it is that you're speaking to us. Whatever distraction, whatever it is that may be bothering us, distracting us, Lord, I pray that you quiet and settle it so that we can focus on you, Lord. We need you. Thank you for your presence that's here. God, we're your servants, and we say this. Speak, Lord, because we're listening. In Jesus' name, everybody said? Amen. Everybody said? Amen. 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 You may be seated. You know, May is a month of honor. When you think about the month of May and you kind of look at it, there's honor, there's celebration going all around this month. Uh, first kicking off at the very beginning of month, we set, of the month, we set aside time uh, to honor uh, teachers. In fact, we, we had the privilege uh, to be able to do that right here at Horizon Elementary and honoring the teachers and the faculty uh, of this school. And obviously today, getting the chance to celebrate and honor moms. And this month also, everyone's graduating and celebrating uh, the class of 2023, so we're going to honor uh, grads. And then uh, later this month, we're going to take time to uh, honor uh, men and women of the armed forces who made the ultimate sacrifice in laying down their life for you and I so that all of us, we can uh, experience uh, the freedoms that we get to experience here in our country. So when you kind of pan out and you look at the month of May, I almost start singing that song. Just that I got the month of May, my girl. Come on, y'all give me a... Oh, they left me. <laughs> But it's a month of honor. It's a month of celebration. And so when we were sitting down and praying and asking God, like, hey, what is it that we should communicate uh, today? We thought about why not talk about honor? Why not talk about how to celebrate? So today uh, we're going to speak from this headline. uh, It's a celebration. And our goal is that when we all walk away from here, that we'll, we'll be people who take the time to encourage others, take the time uh, to celebrate others, and to do so with the right heart posture. Because listen, it's one thing to say, I'm going to be an encourager, I'm going to be someone who celebrates others, but it's another thing to do it uh, with the right heart. And so that's what we want to do today. And so we're going to make some observations uh, that will help us all uh, to, to learn how to or to continue to celebrate those around us. And uh, that first observation that we're going to make this morning is this, uh, celebration is vocal. And in fact, before I go on, if, you, if you're taking notes, if you want to follow along with us, you can download the TBC app uh, in Google Play or the Apple uh, App Store. And once you download it, click uh, Connect. And uh, right at the top, you'll see uh, where you can follow along. But the first observation is celebration is vocal. You know, so often 
it's, it's easy uh, to take advantage of the people who are closest to us because, because of proximity uh, or familiarity, we kind of just like, well, you're here. You're always here, and I see you, and so, you know, it's, it's good. I don't need to vocalize any appreciation. I don't need to vocalize any uh, celebration. And maybe even as I say that, maybe you're thinking to yourself like, nah, bro, I think that's what you struggle with. I think that's your thing. Don't try to put that on me. Like, I recognize my spouse. Like, I celebrate my siblings. I, I appreciate those that are close to me, those that I love. And so, fine, while that may be true and maybe it is my thing, I'm, I'm going to say, well, could it be that you may only be thinking about how you appreciate them, but you're not actually saying how you appreciate them? There's a difference, right? Here's what I'm getting at. We need to vocalize appreciation. We need to vocalize a celebration. All right, so often we can have this thought, we can have this idea, well, they know how I feel about them, so why do I need to express it? I mean, they should just know I'm here, aren't I? What else do you need me to say, you know? Just appreciate the fact that my presence is here, that I appreciate you. Nobody, no, I'm the only one. <laughs> so, you know, they say sometimes the best way to, to preach is when, like, the message is really for you. And so I guess this, this, one, this one is for me. But we need to be people who vocalize celebration, who vocalize appreciation. That is not just enough to know in our heart and think that's enough or think just because our presence is there that people know automatically how we feel about them. Celebration must flow from your heart to your mouth. Right. Or maybe there's a better way to say it, that uh, celebration must flow from your heart and then out of your mouth. Take time to be able to say, I appreciate you. I thank you. I honor you. Man, the way you did that, that meant a lot to me. Those words that you said, I really appreciate that. I appreciate the intentionality that you displayed there. Thank you so much for doing that. The way you considered me in that, the way you allowed us to participate with you, like vocalize your appreciation, vocalize uh, the ability to celebrate. And this is not a new concept. This is not a new thing. You can go to uh, Matthew chapter 3, verse 17. It follows this moment where John the Baptist has baptized Jesus, and he's coming up out of the water, and the heavens open up, and God the Father, he says, he declares this, he says, this is, talking about Jesus, this is my beloved son in whom I am pleased in. Well, God could have just said, well, Jesus knows how I feel about him as me being God and he being Jesus. So why do I need to do this? But yet God took the time to affirm Jesus as he was beginning his earthly ministry. He took time to affirm him and didn't just allow how he felt about him to be kept to himself, but to vocalize it so that Jesus could hear it and also those who were around. Why? Because celebration just can't be a heart posture, but it must also be a vocal posture. And some of us, we don't do it because we're uncomfortable, because it feels weird. And maybe the, the reason why it feels weird is because we have never received it ourselves. And so what we have is an opportunity to break that and start something new yeah. and develop a new habit. I think even within your homes, right, yeah. that it's, it teaches your children something, husbands to wives, to be able to, to celebrate your wife 
to be able to honor your spouse in front of your kids because it's teaching them, one, how to appreciate mom, but then how to appreciate others and one day their own spouse. And in the same way, this is not a relationship series, but in the same way from wives to husbands, honor your, your husbands. When they simply take out the trash, listen, if you want to get your husband to take out the trash again, Tell them thank you for taking out the house. Take out that trash. There's trash in this school if you tell me right now that I'll go find and take some trash out because you done told me good job for taking the trash. That's it. We simple. That's all we need, right? So vocalize and celebrate uh, those around you. When you look at the book of Genesis, in Genesis we see words creating creation. God spoke and then there was. So could it be that, that for some of us, you don't have the marriage you want or the relationship you want or the friends you want because you find yourself being stingy with your words, right? And so we will go to our friends, we'll go to coworkers and be like, man, she don't this, man, she don't that, or he always this, or he never that. Well, could it be that you can kind of, you could create the relationship you want by virtue of the words that you, instead of being stingy with, but you be generous with? Yeah. Thank you for how you did that. Thank you for doing that. Thank you for taking care of that. Thank you for handling that. So maybe, just maybe, we can take inventory and ask ourselves, am I stingy with my words? So listen, don't be stingy with your words, but instead, tell people thank you. Tell people how great of a job they're doing. You know, this whole idea of like, you know, give people their flowers now. You probably heard that. Give people their flowers now, right? Don't have the moment... Uh, that, that you say, I wish I would have. I wish I could have said this. I wish I had the time, more time to say that. No, no, do it now. And the best time to do it is when you think it. If they're not with you, text them. Because you don't even know when you text them, that moment may be intersecting a difficult moment. And then just that word of like, hey, I was thinking about you, just want to say I'm so proud of you. And how much that can change everything in that moment. And maybe you say, well, listen, I'll look at them. And I'm like, I don't see nothing to encourage them about. How am I going to tell them a good job? I ain't supposed to be lying, am I? No. But maybe, just maybe, your words could be the bit of encouragement that they need to level up, to step up. Because you may, not, you may underestimate the value in which they view your words uh, in their life. And so with our words, we have a chance to either call people out or call people up. Let's be people who call people up. You can call them up from the image in which God created them in. And that's all of us. We all have been created in God's image. So I'm not going to speak to your problem and your issue because you're well aware of it, right? We, we, we know when we just, we off, right? But what if... People spoke to the image in which we have been created in and called that up out of us. So here's what I'm saying. It's not enough to simply know we appreciate someone, but we must be people who vocalize it. And speaking of being vocal, kids are vocal. Or maybe it's just our kids are very uh, vocal. So, um, yeah, so sometimes they come in, like, for all the parents in the room, like, have you ever had your kid all of a sudden just start complimenting you, like, I love your hair, Mommy. You make the best waffles. And, like, you appreciate it, and you're glad, and you love that they give you compliments. But you can't help but wonder, like, okay, so what do you want? Do you want those waffles? It's not that you don't want your kids to give you a compliment. It's just like, is this really genuine? Like, are you really saying I'm good at waffles because you just think I'm good at waffles? 
which leads us to our next observation, which is celebration is genuine. Uh, if we look at what Paul says in Philippians 2, 3, it says, do nothing of our, out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, rather in humility, value others above yourselves. And as we celebrate and honor those around us, we need to do from a genuine and pure heart. We live in a world where everyone is so used to these interactions, always having an ulterior motive that we're very hesitant to receive those compliments or celebrate others. It's more transactional. Unfortunately, it's because so often we encounter people with this hidden agenda or our children with a <laughs> hidden agenda. So you know that coworker that never gets the report done on time, but all of a sudden they're early and they're standing in your cubicle. So your response is like, what do you want? <laughs> but you can't help but have that feeling like, what do you need feeling? As, and then as followers of Jesus, let us be the ones who are genuine with our celebration. The world is constantly beating us up and telling us all the things that we're not, that it's time that we remind those of who we are. And it's reminders that we give others by being personal, intentional, and heartfelt. I remember a coworker, I just said, happy birthday. And he was like, wait, you know my birthday? And I was like, yeah, happy birthday. And all of a sudden, it just changed his mood for like the rest of the day. He was more friendly to interact with and get the things done. But it's those intentional moments that you don't want anything back. You're just being genuine. I think about our youngest, our daughter, um, she will say the sweetest things, and she really is super genuine. The other day, I was looking at my computer, I had these glasses on, and she was like, Mommy, I love your glasses. I was like, thank you. And then she just ran off and went and played, and she has the sweetest, genuine heart. And I'm like, I, I need to be more like that. <laughs> and you may ask, like, okay, so what do I say and the best thing you can do, kind of what we talked about earlier, is to say what um, God says about them and begin to affirm who they are in Jesus. So things like you are called, you're chosen, you are loved, you're not your mistakes, and God has a plan for your life. Amen. That's, that's good. You know, Zoe, she got me recently too. So, you know, I'll let y'all in on my insecurities. So, you know, I'm going to the barber, and he's like, hey, you know, just letting you know, things are changing. <laughs> things are changing. I'll leave it at that. And so <laughs> Zoe came to me one day recently. She did similar. She's like, Daddy, I love your hair. I said, well, thank you, Zoe. I love my hair, too. It made my day. So it was very genuine. So I'm, I'm, I'm tracking with you. You know, this, this letter... Uh, Philippians is written to a church uh, in Philippi. It's written uh, by the Apostle Paul. He wrote this letter to them. And Philippians is known as a letter uh, of joy, right? It's, it's the, the theme of it is joy. All throughout it, it's talking about uh, joy and, and, and unity and, and having the right mind and, 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 and uh, doing things together, considering others. But ultimately, all within this idea of joy, even you know, Paul says at one point, like, rejoice, and if they didn't get it, he says, and again, I say rejoice, right? The whole um, book is about joy, 
But it's interesting that this letter would be about joy when you understand the circumstances in which Paul uh, was under when he wrote this letter. Paul was actually in prison. Not exactly the place where you would think that you would be writing about joy, right? Not, not like on vacation, not just, you know, in, in an amazing moment, just everything is, you know, Paul's like in prison and he's writing a letter about joy. And I think it points to what he's trying to, to highlight uh, to this church of considering others. Because you have to be considering others if you are in jail and you're talking about joy. That's not a joyful moment, uh, at least for me. But look at what Paul says in Philippians 2, verse 4. He says, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of the others. Which leads us to our final observation this morning, which is this. Celebration is selfless. Celebration is selfless. You know, one of the greatest ways... To consider others. If you're asking that question, well, how do I consider others? Right? We hear that, consider others, think of others. But how do we do that? One of the greatest ways to consider others is to think of others. And if you're saying, man, it can't be that simple. I think about people all the time. I don't really think I think about myself, you know. No one's saying that, but just in case, if you are saying that, I have a, I have a challenge for you. I have a challenge for all of us in here uh, today. After uh, the gathering, and then you're going out to, I think there's, what, two different photo booths available. You can go take a picture with your family. And after that picture is taken, I want you to look at it and tell me, who do you look at first? You look at you first. <laughs> and if you kind of had this weird smile thing going, if your eyes were closed or if you were looking off in the distance, uh-uh, call them back. We got to retake this. Uh-uh, uh-uh. I ain't posting that later. I'm trying to have a good photo to post on Mother's Day. You're not giving me that. Come on. Right. You're going to look at yourself to consider if it's a good photo. I mean, listen, I've done it sometimes where I, I was like, I was good. I don't know what y'all had going on in that photo, but this one's good for me. I ain't good in the rest of them. So I'm going to use that. You use whatever other ones you want to use. Right. You think about you. Right. The way we often live our lives, we filter it through this question of how will this affect me? What will this mean to me? How will this impact me? Again, get in traffic. Everybody's out headed to the restaurants today, right? Get in traffic. And someone's like, can I, can I, can I, can I get over? Now, if the light just turned green, you may be more willing to, to let them in because you know you're good. But if that light is on the verge of turning yellow, you over there, you're not, you pretending like you don't even see them, <laughs> like they don't even exist. Like you on a phone call, you pretending to be laughing. I'm not telling you nothing that I've done. Because <laughs> we asked the question, how will it affect me? But family, what if we took the time to slow down and chose to honor others by the way we consider them? Now, I'm not saying that we do things that are detrimental to ourselves. That's not what we're saying. But we're saying, how can we slow down? How can we think of others? And one of the greatest ways, the greatest way we can consider others is to serve others. How can we serve the people around us? You don't have to serve everyone. Just the people around you. Just choose someone, right? You, you don't have to be Mother Teresa. In fact, there's a quote. I'm not going to try it because I messed it up. But Mother Teresa was like, what if I just started with one? I never thought that it would turn into thousands. I just had an idea if I could impact one. What if we had that same idea that we could just impact 
one person. You know, the NBA playoffs are going on right now. Let me talk about NBA. There's this whole discussion of, like, who is the GOAT, you know? Who is the greatest of all time? And, I mean, I think it's clear, you know, Michael, Jeffrey, Jordan. We don't have to get into that discussion today, and then we won't. Um, but in, just in case if we did, it's Michael, Jeffrey, Jordan, and I've said it twice now. And so, <laughs> but everyone wants to know, like, talk about who's the GOAT. But here's the thing. The, the idea of being a GOAT isn't about how you have built up your name, established your name, established your brand, and everybody knowing you, knowing who you are. But the, 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 the marking of the GOAT, if you will, is really in how you have served others. How have you lifted up others, right? I think so, especially in our culture, we're so busy into climbing the ladder that sometimes we climb that ladder uh, in society at the expense of other people. But what if we had the mindset that as we climb that ladder that we thought, who can I bring with me? How can I bring others with me? And it's teaching them something to then go and do the same. But somebody has to be the one that says, what can I do for one person? Because what you can do for one person gets multiplied across many. And so we sang in that song like uh, generation to generation, their children and their children. So how can I serve my family now to impact generations that I'll never see? Right. And it's that same mindset when it comes to serving. And Jesus will go on to say in Mark 10, 43, because there's this discussion about, hey, who's going to sit on the left and the right and who's going to all this stuff. And Jesus says, listen, he ultimately says, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant, must be a servant, must be one who serves. So true greatness is not marked in how many people know your name. True greatness is marked by your willingness uh, to serve. And here's a quote from Dr. Martin Luther King. Where he says this, the first question which the priest and the Levite asked was, if I stop to help this man, what will happen to me? So there's that question again. How will this impact me? But then he goes on to say, but the good Samaritan reversed the question. If I do not stop to help this man, what will happen to him? That's the place that we need to live from. That if I do not serve those around me, it's not about what will happen to me, but what will happen to them. And to continue on with uh, celebration is selfless. I can't help but think about moms. Moms are such a big example of ones who are selfless. Many times they're the first one up, but the last one to sit down. Many times uh, they're the ones that makes everybody's plate, but yet they're the last one to eat. And I want to take some time today, especially today, to speak to the moms, all the moms, the birth moms, adopted moms, step moms, spiritual moms, like a mom. I want to say thank you. God will equip you and grace you for this season of motherhood. A while back um, during worship, I felt like God was speaking and I felt like he was saying, hey, here's some things I want you to share on Mother's Day. So I took notes, I put it in my phone, I kept it away. And then as we were praying through this message, I just wanted to encourage moms today that I'm praying for you, single mom. I'm praying strength over you. The day in and day out, being everything to everyone trying to put dinner on the table, and then do it all with a smile. I'm praying 
for the lady that desires to be a mom. I'm standing with you in praying for that miracle of life. I'm praying for you who have lost your mom. I'm praying God's peace over you today, that you can celebrate your mom's life today, that it will bring you joy today. I'm praying for the mom who has lost a child. I cannot imagine the unfathomed pain that you feel. I pray the Holy Spirit comforts you. And I'm praying for the mom of the the prodigal. I'm praying for you that you see this miracle, that you see your child come home and that, that they know Jesus. I am so thankful for what moms do every single day and moms are selfless so i celebrate you mom thank you amen can we do that right there just celebrate yes every mom every birth mom every adoptive mom every foster mom every stepmom spiritual mom we thank you so much and we recognize uh the the sacrifice and, and all that it that it takes and I, I look back and I, I just watch moms and all that they do. And uh, <laughs> y'all are amazing. And uh, we celebrate you uh, today. And now uh, as we close, Mike, if you help us land this plane this morning. You know, this whole conversation has been about honor. It's been about uh, celebration and, and us being people who choose to celebrate, choose to, to honor. But here's... I want to make sure we're clear on what honor is and celebrating is. Celebrating others does not mean you think less of yourself, but rather you think about yourself less. So the goal is not to walk away here and just begin to diminish who we are, diminish the gifts, diminish the talents and and things that you have and and that you have to pretend to be something that you actually are not in order to think that you're celebrating others. You don't have to apologize for God's blessing on your life. You don't have to apologize for the favor on your life. You don't have to apologize for the opportunities and the things that God has placed in your hands. So that's not what it is. It's not about you thinking less of yourself, but rather you think about yourself less. In other words, considering others. When I think about that, the greatest example that we have of this is Jesus. So here's Jesus being fully God and fully man. But when he came, when heaven came down, when Jesus stepped out of heaven, because here's the thing, man could not keep the requirements that God requires. He's holy. And we couldn't do it. And all throughout the Old Testament, you see what is called this sin uh, deliverance cycle, where the people of God will fall into sin, they'll cry out, God would raise up a deliverer, and then they'll fall back into sin again, and then they'll fall out, excuse me, they'll, they'll cry out, and God will deliver them, and then they'll sin, and then they'll be in this whole cycle. And so ultimately, I imagine God's like, that's not going to do it. And so God had to send his best. He sent his, his only son, Jesus, who, in essence, he didn't consider himself. I mean, you think about it, it's God. So wasn't there another way that this, they could have figured out to do this? But he said, this is the only way, that I am the way. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father except through me. So Philippians 2, 
it kind of details that whole experience. When it says Jesus, talking about Jesus who being in the very nature of God, he didn't consider equality with God as something to cling to, something to be used to his own advantage. But instead, he made nothing of himself. He made himself become nothing. He took on the position of a slave, the the nature of a servant being made in human likeness. So it's God putting on skin and bones and dwelling amongst us and then being found in in appearance as a man, he humbled himself. And that's what this is about. This is about humility. That when we can consider others, it's humility. And humility doesn't mean that I'm going to think less of me. But it means I'm going to think about myself less. And here is a moment, Jesus thinking about himself less, becoming obedient to death even on the cross, death even on the cross. And you see that magnified in the Gospels, in the Garden of Gethsemane, where it's the moment where before Jesus was crucified, and he's feeling the weight of that. He's feeling the sins of, of history, <laughs> on his shoulders to the point where he's sweating blood and he's like God if there's another way but if not let your will be done he didn't consider himself and he got on that cross and the the shame and the the way they treated him and mocked him and the way they handled him all that because of you and I that I see that he, I picture it like this, that he, he's on that cross and he just has this vision of literally every face all across humanity, which includes us. And he's, it's a moment where he's doing this for us, doing it for the ones who killed him. Can you imagine that? That's the greatest example of being selfless. And what I love what happens is when we put our faith and our trust in Jesus as our Lord and Savior, that we say his life sacrifice was enough to satisfy the holiness and the requirements of God. And we put our trust in him and submit our lives to his lordship and we're saved that whosoever believes shall not perish but have eternal life. Look what happens in Luke 5, 17, 15, 7. It says this, that there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who do not need to repent. In other words, one yes to following Jesus is enough for all of heaven to celebrate. One yes. One person say, Lord, I'm trusting you. One person that says, listen, I recognize that my life is not my own, that I recognize that I've been bought with a price and the way to honor you and what you have done is to give my life back to you. All of heaven rejoices. In other words, it's a celebration. And so here, when there's a single person that says yes to Jesus, we celebrate that and we join in with all of heaven because it's the greatest way that we can honor is to say my life is not even my own that I've been bought with a price and the greatest way to honor is not because I showed up to serve not because I did this not because of that but it's to recognize 
I'm giving my life back to Jesus. Will you pray with us this morning?